Jason, as it is each and every week, the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Hey, you know, we keep saying it. Those are good people. This is why we partner with them. They are hosting another good community event this Thursday, October 10th, a happy hour event in support of Hope House. You got it. This is part of a larger campaign called the Why I Care campaign. If you've been poking around on social media, you may have seen a bit of it on there. Uh, Look, they're hosting the event. They're trying to raise money as they do so often during the course of every year for a good cause, this one being Hope House. For more information on that one, go visit the Budget Blinds of Lee Summit Facebook page. You can see that event, get all of the details. And then, hey, when you want when you want some some window shades, some window treatments, some other things for your house, go visit our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit right in the heart of downtown. Tell them Jason and Nick say you. All hail our robot shade overlords. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who abandoned his chili at the moment of greatest need to get some cheap PR by talking into a microphone. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. I I am what my record says I am. I got I look Danny Green. <laughs> uh, I, but you're you're absolutely right. Look, I'm just saying, and we're gonna get in. We're gonna have a recap of Chili Fest and our performance, if we want to call it that, at Chili Fest. But I just wanted to take that early shot that I think your I think your MC duties may have conflicted a little bit with your chili cooking and serving duties. I I, I think you are correct. Hey, thank thankful for Mrs. Linkley Summit who came in and really did all of the work. Yeah, as as I think. No one is surprised. No one who knows Mrs. Linkley Summit is surprised that she came in and covered for you, thereby helping you make you look, well, better, if not good, uh, there in public. All right. Our unofficial sponsor today, and this is for someone who may or may not be an occasional Monday morning co-host, our official sponsor are Bell Cuffs, for when you need to look like you were just mugged by pilgrims. <laughs> Uh, I, I just, I just, I, I hope she's not mad at us. I'm just saying, I'm just sitting here and I'm checking that fashion choice out, and and I don't like to criticize fashion because I literally have no taste whatsoever. Well, uh, as, as, as as the world can see by by our cho- choices in co-hosts. Yes, absolutely. So there we go. All right. So what's going on this weekend, Nick? Well, let's kick right into the show and let's talk about what's happening this weekend. It is the Summit Art Festival this weekend in downtown Lee Summit. This is an annual. This is the twelfth annual festival celebrating arts. It runs. Wait, do they sell art there? They do sell art there. Ooh, so if I wanted to buy art, I could go there and do some stuff. Absolutely. And there's other stuff for me to see while I'm there. Yeah, there, there is. is. There's like student displays and all kinds, like all kinds of stuff going on during that weekend. It's four to eight on Friday, eight a.m. to ten p.m. on Saturday, and eleven to four on Sunday. For more information, visit summitartfest.org. Or hey. Shameless plug time. Go listen to last Friday's episode of this very Lee Summit Town Hall Down, podcast. Give us the download and the listen, man. Give it to us. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you my my favorite thing every year. Mm-hmm. I love the stuck on art thing where the 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 students make the art while you're watching and and they do it with with tape mm-hmm. and they make the art. That's my that's my favorite part. That is awesome. I always enjoy walking through the student exhibits because it reminds me how little artistic talent I have. 
Uh, these, I just I, I just find that like depressing. Fourteen to seventeen or eighteen have like so much more skill and talent than I have ever had at making any kind of art. It's pretty impressive. It keeps me in my place. I like to tell people sometimes that my role on the the Lee Summit Arts Council is just to increase my own jealousy by seeing all of the talent out there. That's fair. Well, think of it. You're encouraging. You are you're incubating all of that talent. It's not that you have to have talent. You know, it's like that. Those who can't do teach. Which isn't actually true, right? But, you know, those who can't do sit on commissions. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I think that's that's gonna be our new cliche. I want to put that on a T-shirt. Those, those who can't do sit on commissions. Sit on commissions. All right, there we go. <laughs> hey, I want to uh, I want to get into uh, our favorite subject on this show, Jason. It's time for you to roll the music that we don't have as the council turns. Do it's a work session this week, so it's- they're not doing a lot of things, but they are talking. About rental housing. That's right. There was a presentation last night during during the work session, and it was on the quality housing program for the city. And this really just focuses on rental houses in the city and and a a program for inspections to make sure that all all rental properties in the city are held to a certain standard. Is it time for me to get nerdy for a second? Please do. All right. So. One of the issues that that I think plagues a lot of cities is that when you're dealing with and, and let's take the the sort of the negative stereotype example, right, of a, a neglected rental home that somebody is in and it's, you know, I don't want to use the slumlord term, but that kind of, you know, uh, someone who's not going to put uh, investment or care into a rental home. The, the, the rental property we all fear, the one we don't want to see on our street, around the block, anywhere, as we're driving through. Anywhere at all, but especially, you know, in your right in your backyard, right? So you don't want to see that sort of a property. The problem is, is that the only time that the city really gets involved is in a reactive way, under current policy and procedure, right? They get a code... They get some sort of a notice that there may be a code violation, so the grass is long or gutters are hanging off or a hole in the roof or whatever the code violation is. And then they go out and they begin a – and then what is necessarily a process of conflict, right? You're, you're going to do – you're trying to get a hold of the homeowner and go through that process and you're dragging – potentially dragging someone into municipal court or finding them money and all that. And that's, that's a really difficult way to do this. And so what I think what the – city staff and the city council are trying to accomplish with this quality housing program is to put something in that's a little bit more proactive and a little bit more incentive-based to get that done. So they're trying to get ahead of the problem by giving giving people the capacity and the incentive to get an inspection before um, there, there are problems. So the city can come out in a cooperative way and say, hey, here are some issues that you may currently have. Here are some issues that are going to come, you know, that look like they're going to be an issue for you in the near future, even if they're not right now. And you can work through getting that. Then you get a certificate if you are. And this inspection process, I believe, is currently going to be free. Um, this, and it's voluntary. And then if you your rental property passes and gets that certification that it meets all the rules, they will post your rental property on a list on the city website to allow them to do that. My 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 only question for all of this is typically the 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 landlords that have problems are not the ones that are proactive. This is true and I think that there and I'm not sure that the this is very if you want to take the carrot stick analogy and I know we talked a, like a little bit about this before we came on air but the carrot stick this is this is all carrot essentially with no real new stick to go with it and 
honestly, you know, to torture our metaphor a little bit further. Please do. It's not a very big carrot necessarily. Like I get to be on a list on a website is not like a thing. So other cities, just to provide context of where in this, this would lie, other cities have rental requirements. You must register your home as a rental property and then you must have those sorts of inspections and maybe the inspection is free in order to, and if you don't, then you are, you run afoul of an ordinance or a code and you can run into those sorts of situations. And I understand why the city council may be reticent to move all the way in that direction. I, and, and I'm not saying that they necessarily should, but it is, it is something there. But as a first step, and this is a pilot program that they're going to test out to see what it is. And so inevitably in the next year or two is the program gets a little experience, they're going to make some changes. But it, it is a it is a fairly mild first step in that direction. Well, I think the reason I wanted to to, to bring that up today, and, and I wanted you to kind of talk about it is, is this is t- to me kind of kind of a lead in conversation to to a topic that has been common throughout the city's LS Ignite, the strategic planning initiatives that they've done, and that is affordable housing. We have seen over the last couple of years, Jason, where the council has, they've asked for some studies on affordable housing, they've discussed it, but they've kind of avoided the topic a little bit. And when we saw the results of the strategic planning sessions, throughout every session they had, affordable housing was a topic. And it even has made one of their one of their um, C4 categories, or I can't remember exactly what they're calling these, these subgroups that they're going to make. Um, so I think it is interesting that that we we pay attention to to the conversations that they're going to have about affordable housing and what the city sees as its its plan for the future as far as development. Right, and it, this is something that you and I have talked a lot about over the the course of time when we're talking about development projects, building apartments. You know, there there was the a project that got rejected by the city council down safe and. While it stretches my sort of intuitive sense of affordability, but that was the idea is to to get in a different price point for a, a first time owner or an owner of a house. Those conversations that the council has not really been willing to engage in those conversations in a really significant or deep way. And so it'll be interesting to see that as the focus groups or as these groups kind of put out output put out suggestions to the council, does the council engage in that conversation or do they maybe continue to try to sidestep it? Because it, it, it is fraught with a lot of difficulty. It's fraught with, you know, it comes with all kinds of cultural baggage, including, you know, race and income and like, who do we want in our community and are renters good versus not good? You know, what balance do we want of all those things? All of those conversations are really, really sensitive and fraught with difficulty and it, it's going to be a you know the challenge is on the city council to engage in that in some con- productive way to to try to make some changes the best they can. I, I I think the word you used there that I like was was engage that it's up to the council to engage the community because in my opinion the council has kind of avoided engagement every time this has come up lately. I, I, I would agree. And, and you know, and, and I don't want to be hypercritical of the council on that particular front. It is a very hard conversation to have. They may feel ill-equipped to deal with it, or they may feel ill-equipped to tackle it in the sort of a, a functional breadth that needs to be addressed to, to, to actually have that conversation. And this might be the, the time to do it as we're talking about planning for the future. Instead of instead of having to, to dig into it one development issue at a time, 
maybe now this is a good time that they can dig into all of those hard, hard issues. Like you said, there is a lot of baggage built in throughout the entire conversation. So maybe this, when you're when you're looking at it from 30,000 feet and you're trying to look at how the city will grow for the next 10, 20, 30 years, this is the time for them to do that. Right. And, and, it, and it's going to become, I think, more and more. It's an issue that we I think a lot of people used to think, well, it doesn't really affect people in Lee Summit or it doesn't really do that sort of thing. But I think even if you if you take the simple math that the I want to say, was that the Alera project? I think that was the name of it. That was down there at Prior and 150. Um, they were calling it affordable housing, but the housing units were 225 to $275,000, which is not you know what I think the sometimes pejorative, but a sort of cultural understanding of affordable housing comes in a lot lower price point than that. But that's the impact that we're talking about. Can a family making the average median income of someone in Lee Summit, of a family in a household in Lee Summit, afford to buy a house in the city? And increasingly, the answer to that question is probably no. And that's a problem that we need to address. And how do we address that? So it's not even, I mean, and we, and there's a, even a broader conversation to be had all the way down the income scale. But if we're running into that problem, you know that's a real issue that the the city is going to need to address in the in the future. Well, I think I think all of that all of that is said just to show that this is a topic that we are going to be following, and I and I encourage everybody else to to pay attention to the council conversations and to the the additional Ellis Ignite conversations that are going on, just to see how this topic is, is handled and see how they do engage citizens and stakeholders throughout the community. We're watching you, man. We're watching you, <laughs> Jason. Our last show, we talked about some things going on with the Mid-Continent Public Library System. It was about some programming that had been canceled due to due to some protests and questions about whether it was appropriate for the library system to have this particular program we were talking about. It was called Trans 101. It was about transgendered people. Jason, give us an update. What's happened? Well, I think the easiest sum up to be said is that all should kneel before the power of our bully pulpit. (laughs) In in all seriousness, what happened is uh, uh, somewhere in the staff and board level at the MCPL, before it reached a conversation at the upcoming October board meeting, uh, they made a decision to go ahead and continue the program, not only with the one planned for the Buckner branch, but adding a third um, because of the high response volume to the first session, they're adding a third, uh, a third one. I don't know off the top of my head where it's going to be, but at another branch in the in the MCPL system. So, I think you know we. I want to give credit um, not only to us for <laughs> bringing it up and clearly bringing the board of the MCPL to its knees in responding to what we have said on the public airways, or alternatively and probably realistically, you know, they took that information in. They didn't dally around about it. I mean, they took it. They looked at the the pluses and minuses, listened to the people that had stake in the matter and made a decision and went forward with it. And I think it was the right decision as a whole to give information to help foster a healthy public conversation about a topic that is becoming more and more salient as we go along. And that honestly, a lot of people just don't have either comfort with or an understanding of at all. And I would, I would invite people that if, 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 
If you have questions, if that's a hard issue for you, go to one of these. Engage in that conversation. Do it in a respectful way, but engage in the conversation, and, and you know, you're know you going to learn something. Even if you just go and listen to the stories of the people who are going to talk are and how their experience is and what it means, it will, I think it will enrich your understanding of the process and and perhaps as as happens so often right our our humanity is increased when we know someone uh, engaged in that particular situation right we if we don't understand it because we don't know anybody of a certain race or a certain gender or a certain orientation or whatever it may be you know someone who's a raiders fan we might not have sympathy for those people but if we meet them we may think well this is a good person who you can obviously see and connect to um, that just is has a different life experience than yours. And so even just going and listening, I think, is a healthy thing. Well, I think this is a conti- this is a piece of the continuing conversation we're having in, in our community and communities are having everywhere, which is, which is about equity, about inclusion, about empathy. It's always going to be about empathy, Jason. And I think so I think this is just another one of those things that we're going to get to and we encourage people to always participate in those conversations because nothing happens unless we have good, healthy conversations. That's going to really wrap up our show. I, I want to no, do no, one no. more thing. The, this is the most important segment that one, we are going to do in this show. One more thing. I want to first, I'm going to give a big shout out to the home of our studio, Bridge Space, and the awesome chili fest competition that was held in the backyard of this building it was i had a lot of fun i mean first let's start with that so there were like 40 teams that appeared all credit goes to the mc correct uh no dang it um i think a lot of blame is going to the mc actually <laughs> from the from our lead in i want to say a lot of blame is going to the to the mc but as a whole i mean it's all 40 teams hundreds of people came out in between the raindrops that we had the estimate on. i heard was 350 people came to taste right and donate to the cause that was in support of three different not local nonprofits: the lee summit jazz orchestra cold water of lee summit and developing potential. That's right. And so they they had an opportunity to kind of show themselves out and, and be part of that process. I know the jazz orchestra played a little bit. Developing potential, I believe, had a tent. Coldwater had a tent for sure. Um, so they were all there. We were we were glad to be part of it. I think our team had a good time. I will say this: all of our of our boastful claims of inevitable victory did not seem to be fulfilled. No, we didn't even win a like last place award. I was really hoping that it was going to be an all or nothing. Like I want an award for being the best, or I want an award for being the worst. I feel like and, Ben should have put one I together feel, and gave that to us regardless. I, I feel like the worst thing happened, and we finished somewhere in the middle. Yeah, we did. Well, I will say this now. So our tent, other than being strategically placed so that I, the MC could abandon his chili host duties and go and MC the contest, we were next to the. I will say the technical organizer of the event, the chili expert, right? Uh, his name was Kevin, and we got to taste his competition Cassie chili, and and I was I was very pleased with Matt Sanning's version of a Cassie chili. I thought it was quite tasty. It was good. It seemed to meet most of the rules, and then we got to taste his. And look, and all due respect to Matt Sanning, Kevin's was it wasn't so even close. It was like a di- was, I mean they were like different food. I mean, it was like amazing. It, it was amazing. And so clearly, like we tasted that and we're like, no, we're not going to win. 
No. No. <laughs> We're not going to win. There's, we might we we might be battling for second place, but we are not going to win this competition. And 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 there were lots of good chili, and there was lots of good wings, and lots of good salsa, and and we had a great time. Money was raised for charity. Uh, we got to hang out all day, um, brave the weather and the whole bit. It was fantastic. Weather event. held off. The, really, it, it rained a couple times, but for about five or ten minutes each time. And I, and I do want to say something about. All of the wings and all of the chili that we ate there. Not only did I abandon you, my chili team, but when I got home that night, I abandoned all chili for a while. I did not. I did not put the leftover chili, the little bit that was left. I did not put it in a storage container. It was. It was. <laughs> it was disposed of, and I'm going to take a break. No chili for me for a while. Yeah, there's a lot. We we and I we ate a lot. We ate a lot of food. I mean, you'd be amazed in like little two ounce containers how much food you can consume over 40 teams. And so we're looking forward to it next year. I think we may be October 3rd. uh, There we go. We already have it on the books. We are going to be there again as the Lee Summit Town Hall team. We may bring in some more ringers this year instead of trying to cook ourselves. We're going to see how that goes. But in the overall scheme of things, it was a great event. I strongly encourage you guys to come, either come out and eat. Or come out and make a team or sponsor the event. It was a lot of fun. I got nothing bad to say. All that being said, just one more fantastic community event that happens throughout the year in our community. So pay attention to to the community calendars. Pay attention to the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. We're going to let you know, find these events. Get involved. You know, Jason, that's how we actually started the show was trying to help people find a way to be involved Hey, this is an easy one. Go find a fun event, and you're probably going to support somebody, too. Pop down 10 bucks, eat a bunch of chili, do some good. Okay, like I said, that will wrap up our show for this week. We will talk to everyone on Friday. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link2Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall. <laughs> <laughs>